Shariza, Shiraz, Shazia, Shania, Natasha, Heather, and Nurali, all the iterations of my first name that I have been called over the years, and no, not only by the many Starbucks baristas I've interacted with. Those names don't fade from my memory at all. And at 41 years old, I'm almost embarrassed to admit that correcting people to say my name the right way continues to be something I struggle with, and maybe you can relate. What's more jarring to you than hearing your name mispronounced over and over again by well-meaning strangers and colleagues? How many of us have sat through multiple meetings and conversations where we've sat quiet and let those around us make up convenient iterations of our names just so we don't embarrass them? How many of us have had that experience of knowing our otherness through our names? I have many memories of this in multiple forms. A uniquely ethnic name like Shazia meant that I could never find my name on the amusement park souvenirs or on Coca-Cola bottles, and that my name would most certainly never show up on most popular baby names lists. And that I would cringe and turn beet red anytime a new teacher said my name out loud calling attendance. And that I quickly became used to the taunting and many iterations my classmates would use to make fun of me and my differences as a child. I even remember as a little girl being so bothered by the idea that any of my parents' friends would change their names to Canadianize them. So the white people in their circles of influence, their business colleagues and clients would have an easier time saying their names and wanting to do business with them. I remember vividly riding in the back of my parents' car and we would drive by bus stop benches with the photos of a Muslim, Indian, or Pakistani realtor with their smiling, corporate-dressed faces plastered all over the bench, and then their name, Jack, Mike, Allen. And it was one of my first, most clear memories of being an other. I couldn't wrap my head around the idea that grown adults would renounce the beauty, richness of history and connection to our faith and cultures by changing their names to be palatable for their Canadian counterparts. Something about it felt so disconnected, even fake, and like giving into this was the only way to fit in and get ahead. At such an early age, this felt like a betrayal to me. And as I got older, it became clear why it's done. And it's interesting to think of all the ways in which we quiet ourselves to make it comfortable for other people in our lives. We laugh off jokes about our names. We sit in silence as some make zero attempts to ask or clarify pronunciation. And we even go as far as to remove any semblance of ethnicity from our identities to avoid the inevitable awkwardness. And we know why. We've all heard the stats before about how minorities changing names leads to more callbacks for jobs. The stats are everywhere that companies are more than twice as likely to call minority applicants for interviews if they submit quote-unquote whitened resumes than candidates who reveal their real race. And that's just the tip of the microaggression iceberg, disheartening to say the least. And our safe spaces and places are usually found amongst other racialized people where we all know the struggle. And most of us take the time to be thoughtful and mindful of getting such an important fact correct. 
I recently joined a absolutely life-changing and awe-inspiring mentorship program in January this year, specifically created for Black, Indigenous women of color. And in our first group session together, I made a comment about the deep level of gratitude I had for being in such a safe and inspiring space. As I put myself back on mute following my statement, comments started flooding in from the chat, and each and every single person who used my name took the time and consideration to spell it correctly. I have never felt so seen and safe and what feels like such a small moment left a lasting impression on my heart and my mind. And this is a conversation that I wish I didn't have to have with almost every one of my racialized friends, a shared experience that we wish wasn't so common. In fact, the topic was inspired a few months back by my dear friend Fung. We were on one of our regular long Sunday walks, one of the only things that gives us sanity these days while on the long road to normalcy from COVID. And Fung brought up the topic as a potential to explore on the podcast, and it immediately resonated with me. The internal battle we go through to push out of our comfort zones to correct people. The burden we carry of having to remind people who couldn't be bothered to ask how to pronounce our names. It further contributes to quieting us, the model minorities, into being quieter and to ruffle fewer feathers. And I have often joked over the years about the ways in which my own name stops people in their tracks, most especially on the phone when a stranger is on the other end. I have witnessed people time and again get physically uncomfortable attempting to say my name. And most recently, I saw the founder of Live Tinted, an inclusive makeup brand by the name of Deepika Mutyala, post about adding the phonetic pronunciation of her name on her email signature, and I jumped at the opportunity to do the same. But what was more telling for me were the comments on her Instagram post, Everything from, I wish I had the confidence to do this when I was younger, to, I am such a people pleaser that I never correct anyone. And it hit me. Why do we take the burden on ourselves to make other people feel comfortable? For sure, it's certainly easier for us to stay quiet and take the hit, but it does a number on us over time, making us feel smaller, less seen, less significant, and reminds us that we don't always fit in. And when you really break it down, it's more than a name. You think about the care, attention, and thoughtfulness that most of our parents made in deciding what to call us. For many first-generation Canadians like myself, a name is a connection to culture, history, and ancestry, and one of the few things that connect us in a meaningful way to our roots. My own name is something I'm deeply proud of. Its Arabic translation means unique, and it was given to me by one of my favorite aunts, who I've always admired as someone who lives life on her own terms. She's a writer, professor, born and raised in Karachi, Pakistan, and who moved to London, England for school and married a white non-Muslim man at a time when bringing a Martin into a family of Pakistani Muslims was considered bold and unconventional. I embrace my name because in part, it connects me to my aunt and her legacy of choosing to live life on her own terms. And as I'm finalizing this episode, I feel deeply compelled to speak on the heinous killings of eight people, including six Asian women in Atlanta, Georgia. 
the acts of the domestic terrorist are appalling and inhumane. And in speaking to motive to understand how anyone could do such a thing, authorities and the media have done a number on humanizing the terrorist who committed the racially motivated hate crime and dehumanizing the eight victims murdered. One of the most telling ways in which they showcased a lack of care and concern is in the mispronunciation and misspelling of the victims' names. What could have been a way to uphold a legacy, a way to honor their lives, turned into a microaggression, even in their deaths. And this is why it matters and why you should correct them every single time. And trust me, I know the struggle. I was recently in an interview with the alumni magazine of one of the post-secondary institutions that I graduated from on the work that I do to advance diversity, equity, and inclusion in my own circles of influence. And at the start of the conversation with four of us on the meeting, the organizer of the meeting called me Shazia. And over the remaining two and a half hours, each and every person followed suit multiple times, and I stayed quiet. And the irony that this conversation was on diversity, equity, and inclusion was not lost on me at all. And it took everything in me to say, I'm seeping further into my own voice and identity, and I need to correct you on the pronunciation of my name. I felt sheepish and embarrassed for having stayed quiet for so long, but equally proud of myself for saying something. And it continues to be a journey for me but reminds me of a couple of things about why correcting them every single time is so important. First, correcting them every single time is a moment to step further into taking up the space you deserve. As women of color, that's not always afforded to us. And small moments like correcting someone's pronunciation of your name gives you some of your power back, asserting yourself and giving yourself permission to be fully seen. It also opens the door for others to follow. As Nana Abba Duncan, a Canadian Ghanaian radio host says, when you watch a woman do what you wish you could do or handle a situation in a way that honors herself, it gives people confidence. And I think it gives them the tools to do the same. Second, the model minority notion deserves to be challenged. The idea that we're meant to be silent and quiet and be grateful for what we get is a narrative that we need to evolve out of. We're worthy of our dreams and desires and for living life on our terms. We can start by embracing the things that make us unique and recognizing that it's kind of amazing and badass to have a name that isn't the norm. And a word for our allies. I worked as a recruiter for many years of my career and came across every beautiful name one could imagine, many that I was personally challenged to respectfully and correctly pronounce, but it never stopped me from simply asking, asking the person on the other end of the phone what the correct pronunciation of their name was, and then listening with intent. Where I could, I also Googled unique names and found phonetic pronunciations, most times on the first pass and often with audio recordings that I could practice. It doesn't take much more than intentionality and thoughtfulness, and trust me when I say that goes a very long way in creating safe spaces where all of us can feel fully seen. Your name is your identity, your connection to something bigger than yourself. Correct them every single time. And if you 
haven't taken a moment, I would love for you to be part of the conversation with me for the long term. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast player and tune in every two weeks for new episodes and conversations. If you're so inclined, I would love for you to leave a review or for you to connect with me to tell me how I can be of further service to you. My contact details are always left in the description box of each episode, and I'm grateful for each and every one of you coming along on the journey with me, for trusting me and for giving me all of this space to be my authentic self. I can't wait for what comes next.